0: The Old Testament reading this morning is from the book of the prophet Isaiah in the seventh chapter, beginning at verse 10 and continuing through verse 16. I invite you to listen for a word from the Lord as it is there written. Moreover, the Lord spoke again to Ahaz, saying, ask a sign for yourself from the Lord your God. Ask it either in the depth Or in the height above? But Ahaz said, I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord. Then he said, Hear now, O house of David. Is it a small thing for you to weary men, but you will weary my God also? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And shall call his name Emmanuel." curds and honey he will eat that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. For before the child shall know to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land that you dread will be forsaken by both her kings. Here ends this reading from God's holy word. The New Testament reading for this morning is from Paul's epistle to the church in Rome. It's the opening of that letter, the first seven verses of the first chapter. And again, I invite you to listen for a word from the Lord as it is there written. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, The gospel concerning his son, who was descended from David according to the flesh and was declared to be son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ, our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith among all the Gentiles for the sake of his name including yourselves, who are called to belong to Jesus Christ, to all God's beloved in Rome, who are called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. As Paul begins his lengthiest correspondence to his fellow believers, he does so in in good rhetorical fashion by referencing what he was going to go into further detail about in the remainder of his letter. The Apostle's focus as a servant, one who had been privileged to be a herald of the good news. He was and he was going to be squarely set upon Jesus. He was the Son of God, the Messiah that the Hebrews had been promised would come, the one whom their prophets had foretold. He was of the household and the lineage of Jesse, meaning he was a direct descendant of David. He came to his people to dwell with them, to preach and to teach, to heal and to save. He was put to death by his opponents but rose to overcome and forever subdue the power of the grave and set all people free from their sin and its consequences. All of this began right there in the lowly manger with the events that we recall and celebrate on Christmas Day, which is only a week from now, as we worship together on this Fourth Sunday in Advent, our journey of preparation and, as the bulletin says, anticipation for the great festal day is almost at its end. We will gather only once more before the big day, 5 o'clock on Saturday for our Christmas Eve service. But if you've been distracted from your holiday preparations this year, or if you're simply a procrastinator by nature, The good news in all of this is that Christmas is only the beginning of the new chapter that God has written in his great drama of salvation, redemption, and new creation. Our blessed Savior's arrival among his people was the greatest of gifts that Mary and Joseph would receive right there at Bethlehem. Greater than the offerings from the shepherds, greater than the songs of the angels, greater than the precious presents brought from afar by the wise men. The coming of the Son of God as Son of Man was a gift from God to all men, women, and children. Each year at this time, we are faced with what can be a difficult challenge as many of us struggle with what to buy For those whom we love, there is an obligation, we feel, to bestow upon them gifts. For that is what we do at Christmas, right? And we try to be clever about it, deducing what they would like, and and maybe even trying to surprise them a little with it. Certainly that's in the tradition of the first Christmas For the birth of the Messiah to a virgin girl in a cattle stall was a pretty big surprise on so many levels. It still is, actually. It's so surprising that that many could not bring themselves to believe it then, and it's so surprising that many still can't bring themselves to believe it to this day. I think that as amazing as the miraculous birth was that it's just the start of something even more amazing. It's one of the things that sets the giving nature of God above and apart from the giving nature of Kris Kringle. Santa and his reindeer make their journey one night a year, setting that day apart from the rest of the days for the wonder of receiving things we didn't have before, perhaps even things we didn't know that we could live without. While this is true of what God did for the world, let me ask you this question. What did you get last Christmas? Now, you don't have to answer. It may take you a while to, to think back. If you're like me, you might need a moment or maybe even more than a moment to chew on that one. But I hope there's no hesitation to answering this question, what did the world Get on the first Christmas. While St. Nick makes the rounds every year to refresh our supply of tokens of affection from loved ones, God's present was so perfect and so permanent that it was necessary but once. The enduring nature of that present was that it spanned a lifetime. And that's part of what Paul is bringing to the minds of those in the early church in Rome. The whole span of God's redemptive work in Jesus, of which the miraculous birth was only the beginning. Fantastic, mystical, enchanting, romanticized and celebrated throughout the world even 2,000 years on... But still, for believers at least, only the beginning. Yes, many have isolated the event and built a cult around this special single day. But Paul reminds the Roman church that it is but one in a string of miraculous events which comprise the redemptive drama inaugurated through Jesus So, as wonderful as it is for Christmas, the day cannot stand on its own, stripped of the rest of its messianic context. On the car radio the other day, I heard a clip of a caller who had phoned into the station commenting on how special this upcoming Christmas was for them, on account of it being on a Sunday, which it is for the last time until the year 2033. This made the day and her associated church service that morning even more meaningful to her, and I hope it is for you as well. For many, the 25th of December falling on Sunday is an inconvenience. The thought of being obligated to go to church that one morning, right in the middle of what's supposed to be the start of a great day of rest and food and fun. But, Christian, Paul says, try focusing on the bigger picture. Sighing may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning, and even better, joy stays for the afternoon and beyond. Christmas may officially come to a conclusion 24 hours After it begins, but the one who came on Christmas did not depart at the stroke of midnight like Cinderella. Had he, the day might well still be observed as a a great feast day, marking a a wonderful event, but Christmas is, is so much more than that. It is only the beginning. The work which our Savior was born to do became visible to us on a silent holy night to a betrothed couple in the Judean hills. But the first scene and the first act of this Christmas pageant is just that. If you stay tuned, as Paul suggests, there is so much more to behold, to experience, and yes, to receive. I've never been on a cruise But I can imagine that it's a bit like taking an overseas flight for the first time. There's great expectation and preparation leading up to the trip. And when the day comes for departure, the events surrounding the occasion are hopefully enjoyed and committed forever to memory. But during and after the cruise, the thoughts of the start of that journey get pushed further from the forefront, as new days bring new experiences and make new memories. And at the end of the trip, it's the whole adventure that we recall together as a chapter in our life. Focusing on the totality of Christ, then, is just what Paul is doing in his opening to Romans. The enormity of his life the enormity of his mission and ministry, the enormity of his identity and the enormity of his ministry, that is what we, fellow believers as well, should remain of and stay focused on. That as great and as wonderful as next Sunday will be, and it may, according to what I'm hearing, even be white, it's only the beginning one very important but also very small part of an enormous narrative. I know of shops and businesses that cater to nothing but Christmas-related decorations and gifts in-store and nowadays online, and that's, that's all well and good as long as we can still see the whole of the piney forest for the proverbial Christmas tree. It's when we can't, That this morning's reminder from Paul is especially poignant, for it serves as a reminder not to compartmentalize the story of the Savior, but to consider the whole as a sum of its parts. With the providence of a Christmas Sunday this year, it should be a bit easier this time around, connecting the dots and recalling the pieces that are interdependent upon one another, like a challenging jigsaw puzzle made up of several smaller scenes that, when completed, combine to form a complex yet coherent single beautiful scene. The observation of each of the events that Paul lists for his audience allow us to see and hear again how much, how they stand much stronger together than they do in a deconstructed fashion, Promise descended, declared, dead, risen, ascended, expected. That's the unabridged, complicated, even messy story that followers of Christ believe and proclaim each and every day. So mark this season in whatever fashion or tradition brings honor to God and joy to your household. But remember... Christmas is only the beginning. The lights will come down, the, the tree will go out, the stockings will be emptied, but the gift that kicked off all these traditions and celebrations remains. He who arrived in a surprising fashion continues to amaze still for those who have been led to the manger, but who, like the babe found there, had not remained in Bethlehem. We have been invited to travel with him to the lake shore, to the mountain, to the temple, to the upper room, to the cross, to the empty tomb, to new life. Yes, we have much to celebrate and be grateful for at Christmas. And each and every day we live in the light of the one who came to his people that day. And for that, we may truly say, thanks be to God, and amen.